0: Hello, welcome to Ignited Youth. We're happy to see you and hope you enjoy our episode today. Connect with us through Instagram at bvcc.youth. If you would like to submit an anonymous question or have a prayer request, please click on the link in the description. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Church, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Tonight, we're gonna be continuing our sermon series on satan's favorite lies um i believe that the enemy is not that smart he's not smart he's clever the enemy will continue to tell the same lies to generations to generations since the beginning of the foundation of the world that's the way he introduces himself And there's going to be two passages that we're going to be looking in tonight. Um, Genesis 3.1 And Matthew 4.1 Genesis 3.1 Through 13 I'm going to kill you guys with scripture today. And Matthew 4.1 through 11 I think that's Two big passages That um, that we have tonight and what we're going to be looking is, we're going to be looking at, um, what we introduced last week and so just hear a recap a little bit of what happened last week and we hope this refreshes your memory. So guys just stay tuned and, and please listen up. We have, we have a small video. The enemy continues to lie. That's what he does. Everything about the enemy is lies, deceives, betrayal. I believe he will continue to do this because that's the only thing he can do. He's limited to what he can do to his children. He's limited to what he can do to God's creation. So he will distract by lying. He will distract us. And so we'll continue for the next couple of weeks as we wrap up this whole month and our conversations are going to be trying to uncover the lies, uncover these things that the enemy will continue to use. And last week, Mark introduced us to the, to the lie that things there's some things God can not forgive. And if you ever have fallen short, if you ever done something out of the reach of people, That's fine. But you'll never find yourself out of reach of God's love. Maybe people won't forgive you. Maybe you'll do something in life that the people around you are not going to want to be your friend anymore. And that's just the consequences. But God is different. God will never look away from you. God will always love you. He will accept you. Through a repentant heart, God will always bring you back home. And we have to understand this because if we don't, that will pull us away from God's presence. Knowing that we can't be forgiven, knowing that we have that big weight upon our shoulders is a big thing. And when God takes that away because He carries it on the cross, we're free. But we have to uncover the lies from the enemy with the truth of God with the word of God and I know it's simple and I know it's it's something that we hear it all the time just pray and read your bible and I know it's boring but it's boring because you're fighting your flesh but when you make that crossover and your flesh is submitted to the spirit and God is able to work and speak to you you'll see so many things happen you'll step into a different realm you'll step into a different conversation with God you'll know God differently and when you experience God in that way in that presence you'll feel like Moses face to face with God that was amazing amazing feeling but we want to continue this series because the enemy will continue to lie and I don't want you to miss God and what he has for you because of the package it comes in I don't want you to miss the promises that God has for you and the blessing God has for you. based on the package that it comes in sometimes it's the waiting sometimes it's patience sometimes it's it's God's timing and the enemy will always tell you you can trust in God because he doesn't hurt he's not in your time frame so you can't believe in him you can trust in him don't 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 go and rely on God he will always because the packages look different Don't base God's presence, His power, His promises, based on the packaging that He will use to deliver this to you. And so many people miss it. So many people don't trust God. Please, please, and this does not make you the worst sinner, but most of us have a hard time trusting God. If you're really honest, a lot of us have a difficult time trusting in God's timing and God's word and God's promises. Because there are some things that He will delay on on purpose. There's been times that I know for a fact, I know in my heart, I know in my spirit that God has promised me certain things and it still hasn't come to be. But I know it's there. See, we've all been lied to, right? We've all been lied. Some people have lied to us. I think everybody in this room, somebody has lied to us. For some of us, our parents have lied to us. For others, friends, we've been betrayed. We've all been betrayed by someone. We've been cheated on. If you have have dated before or ever dated. We all know fake people, two-faced people. We know them, we see them. Right, I mean, you guys, you guys don't, don't know? Okay, well, in my world, yeah. In my world, I've dealt a lot with all these things. And it's hard sometimes to be able to think, can there really be someone truthful in this world? I mean, really? Can somebody really be honest? Is honesty even a thing? Maybe. Maybe. Someone in the maybe maybe I'll find that person. I mean, in this in this in this in this fake world of filters and platforms and 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 all these things we can do to modify to change, these are crazy apps we have on our phones. You can delete pictures and things in pictures. I'm like, that's beyond my awe. Like I, like that guy was like photobombing him. I can edit my, just edit him out. You can edit the truth. You can edit just the reality. And say this person wasn't even here. I mean so many things we can do in our world now. We don't even know what's truth. We don't even know what's real. I mean I remember things. The younger I was. The more simpler life felt. If you're younger, if you're in your 12s, 13, 14, 15, enjoy it before reality hits. And life is life. And you're faced with all these different things that not everyone's nice. That not everyone has the best intentions for you. That not everyone that says hi or or, or, sends, you a re- or sends you a request or, or sends you just a friend, something in your social, that not, not everyone cares like the same way. And the thing is not, what hurts you is not that they cheated on you or they lied on you or, 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 or they betrayed you. That's not what hurts. You know what hurts? Who did it? The lies, not the lie. Who cares? I, I, there's, there's people that don't like me. There's people that don't like you. Your enemies. You don't care what they think about you. You don't care what they say about you because they're your enemies, right? You don't care what they think. You don't care what they post. You don't care what they chatter. You don't care who they talk to. You don't care what. You don't care their point of views. You know who you care about. The people you thought they were your friends. That hurts. Betrayal doesn't hurt because of the action. Betrayal hurts because of the person who did it. They were so close to you. You let them into your heart. You let them into your circle. You let them into your home. It's like what David says in Psalms. You set those enemies in my table. They sat in front of me. I fed you. When you needed help, I helped you. When you were in distress, you called me and I answered. That's why betrayal hurts. It's not what they did, it's who did it. And the enemy will play on that feeling. Because when you're hurt, when you learn not to trust people because of what they've done you'll carry that to your next relationship, friendship, people you meet. Now you put barriers, now you put, put doors. I'm not a very trusting person. I'm not. I don't trust people. I'm not saying everyone's mean. I just don't trust people. I don't. I don't trust my dogs. I don't trust people around me. Just cause they go woof woof and they're so cute. Guess what buddy? You're still an animal, you're gonna bite me. Just cause someone says hi to me doesn't mean they like me. I know that. See, what happens is when you're hurt and you're betrayed, you carry that on with you. And so what happens is the enemy uses that because then when you're hurt and betrayed and people lie to you and people, people don't meet to the standards that, that, that you are expecting, you put that to God. And the enemy says you can't trust God because everyone else is the same. God's the same. You can't trust Him because you've prayed, haven't you? You pray for things and he and and those things haven't came to and doesn't the Bible say that he knows the desires of your heart? And if that's so Then a good God will answer because that's what he did with Adam and Eve That's what he did with them Isn't Didn't God say not to eat from any tree? Well, that's not what he said Yes, that's what the enemy will imply. You've been hurt by people, so don't trust people. So if you've been hurt by people, then you'll be hurt by God. Because there's things you've done, that you've prayed for, and he hasn't answered. He can, and if he loves you, he would have answered. And that's the lies the enemy says. I remember... When I found out that I wasn't going to grow more than 5'2", that I was going to stay short forever, jeez, I was like, why did I drink so much milk? My mom lied. My mom said I was going to grow tall and my dreams of becoming the NBA, MB- I'm for real, <laughs> Wow, that is so true. I wanted to become an NBA player. I, I, I love basketball. I, I, I would play basketball every day. We, me, and me, and my, me, and my older brother, and me, we would we would leave to church two hours before just to play basketball for two hours, and they go all stinky to the service, and they come back out and play. And then my dad would leave and go, "Well, you go on the bus, and well, I won't go on the bus." We would play just all day And I was like, man, maybe next year, huh? (laughs) Yeah, my mom was like, yeah, sure, mijo, just keep on drinking milk (laughs) I don't know, she just wanted to get rid of the milk in the house Or I don't know what was the deal But she said, drink milk and you'll go tall And man, I, I, I really did want to become an NBA player I love basketball until I realized it was a lie. It was all a lie. I should've I should have done homework about jeans and why you're not tall. Right? Mom was smart. Mom just, just she just and I can go on and on. Then I started thinking, and then my mind goes like that sometimes. It goes thinking of all the things my mom and my parents told me that are not true. And I'm like, man, I'm going to just bore everybody to death because I'm going to laugh. And Nancy's going to laugh because they told us the same thing. But there are certain things parents tell you, and that's not even true. Like when I told half of the kids in children's ministry in one of our churches that Santa Claus wasn't real. I had half of the people crying. I'm like, you believe in Santa? No, he's not real. Ah! I, was not, I was getting phone calls not because of my sermon, not because of theology, but because I was telling people Santa wasn't real. I'm like, man, your mom lied to you, man. They work really hard for your gifts. Say thank you to them. No, I want Santa. We live in a world where lies are all around us. It would have been amazing. To be able to live in a world where we are protected from hurts, pains. I remember mom telling me things were going to get better and they didn't. And as I started growing older, my heart started growing colder. There were things changed in me, things I saw around me, friends and school and and then and, and, and things that I saw at church and things that I saw growing up And, and, and I started to believe the lie that, yeah, I can not trust God I can't can be trusted because if, if He would love me, then He would have done something about it And what I wanted to do during this series is, is, is for you guys to walk in faith, not in fantasy Your relationship with God is built on faith, not fantasy Not things that you would wish God would do. But if when God promises something, you have to know the word of God. Because if you know the word of God, if you know the promises and you are in that promise, then it will come too. You can't claim a promise. It's not given to you. And people pick whatever they want. From different scriptures because they want to make themselves feel better and what they understand and they don't understand is this Bible is so amazingly accurate but you have to know who and what God is promising you not me I know what God promised me you need to know what God promised you based on your calling based on who you are based on your relationship with God based on what he wants to do with you in this world and when you know that, you will claim those promises, and God will be faithful, and God will deliver you. It doesn't matter what anybody says, and it doesn't matter your circumstances. But when God promises you, and He speaks to your heart, when He speaks to your, He could call you by name. You know, and you've heard His voice. Then you will answer, and He will protect you, no matter what, because there's nothing the enemy can do, will do, could ever prepare to take you away from his presence nothing only if it's in God's will and you have to do that only through a relationship with him you can understand his will out of a relationship see walking by faith not by fantasy I don't want you guys to come to church and your lives not ever change what's the point of that what's the point of coming to church in a place of miracles, in God's house. I mean, here, everything's about God. So you cannot say, I was distracted. No, everything's about God. We sing to God, we sing about God, we talk about God, open up your Bibles. Every 99.9 nine of the answers is God and Jesus, right? I mean, geez, this is the place where, where, where if anything's going to happen, it's here. Yet it's lied to us and we don't believe in God and we come to His presence not believing that He will pull through See, trusting in God will change your life and give evidence of His presence Your faith should change, your life should change, who you are should change And so what happens is we start believing and I want you to try this small prayer Because for you to pray, you don't have to close your eyes You, you, you know you that, right? So, so we can still pray without closing our eyes and So that's still legit God will, God, God will listen to you So just, just, just in case you're like, oh my God, let me close my eyes let me pray. No, no, that's, that's just that's a way of prayer this is not the way to pray, okay? So we can still pray without closing our eyes Because I don't want you to fall asleep on me right now Just, just stay with me It's kind of nice and it's really, really amazing here So. Just this small prayer God please help me to obey Even when I don't understand I want you to pray that with me God please help me to obey Even when I don't understand God help me to obey Even when I don't understand In other words I don't have to understand completely to obey immediately I don't have to know everything to start obeying what God has for me I don't understand it all but what I do know is who God has been in my life so turn your Bibles to Genesis 3 3 1 is where our scripture introduces this serpent that is more craftier than any other animal. Crafty, crafty, sneaky. Sneaky, crafty, deceitful. That's the word. He was more deceitful. You couldn't see him, a snake. You don't see a snake coming. You can't hear an elephant. Imagine if you would have picked an elephant. You know, everybody would have known him. Just don't, don't. Right? I mean, here's a here's snake He picks a snake for a reason The tactics the enemy will use is always less seen But more deadlier Elephant, lion, bees hey, I mean, That's just for me, I'm just saying He would've picked a bee, I would've been like Oh my gosh, he picked a bee? Bees are evil But he picked a snake because he knew how deadly it was. The enemy and everything he says and spits from his mouth is deadly and will kill you. And so the word of God says there, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any circle? If you believe and write in writing your Bible, circle any tree in the garden. That it means, it means God's gonna kill you. God's gonna starve you to death. That's not what he said. So there was already panic in Eve. Whoa, 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 I'm, I'm not going to eat? Hey, I, I would have been freaked out too. I love my food. I want my enchiladas, right? I want, I want, I, I, I want my food. And so Eve is thinking, what, I'm not going to eat? Who? Who said that? And she's already freaking out. That's what we do. The enemy tells us, A situation, and it's partially true, and we all freaking out. Then the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat fruit from the tree of the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, or you or touch it, or you must die, or you will die." Which God didn't say you can couldn't touch it. All he said you just couldn't eat it. And what Eve is doing now, she's freaking out. She's adding things. Don't add to what God said. Just do what God said. (laughs) Don't don't, don't take away and add to this. Just do it. Eve should just say, hey, hey, dude, I'm okay, I'm good. Instead, she's having this conversation. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. And also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So she gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. That's a whole different sermon. I just want to focus on two things there. Pleasing to the eye and desirable of gaining wisdom. Everything the enemy lies and everything he tells you is going to be those two things. Pleasing to the eye and it's going to make you think that you know it all. So if you have those two people, if that you have those, those two characteristics in someone around you, pray against them, like, hey, get away from me, dude. Like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be friends. If they know it all, maybe you're like, hey, dude, just, because they're not teachable, right? They're always gonna be right. You're always gonna be wrong. It's not a mutual conversation. It's like, I, I say, you do. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe, maybe we should just, I should just defrain you or pray for you a lot. Because you just can't have a conversation You'll, you'll, you'll never get anywhere. And that's what the enemy does. It'll make you prideful. That sin is going to make you think that you own the world, and it's pleasing to the eye. He's not going to give you a rotten, he's not going to give you something rotten. It was pleasing. It's going to look good, but it's going to kill you. And so Proverbs 3, 5 says that we should not lean on our own understanding. And that's what Eve was doing. She was relying back to her understanding, not relying on God. See, Proverbs says we should trust in the Lord. And the only way you can trust in the Lord is by not telling God what you know. It's not telling God, hey God, I want you to do this. Can you do this for me? It's God, hey, my life is in your hands. I trust, I trust, I trust you. I trust you. Because if you do that, Proverbs 3, 5 says that if you do not lean on your own understanding, In all your ways submit to Him. That means submit to God. Don't tell God what to do. Submit to Him. Humble yourself and He will make your path straight. You want God to make your path straight? Submit! You don't want God to to make your path straight and for you to walk successfully in life? Then don't submit! Pro simple. Do not be wise on your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun, of, and shun evil. Meaning, don't, don't, don't think that you can do it on yourself. Lean on God. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. We go back to Genesis, we see how verse 7 says, Then the eyes of them were both open, and they realized they were naked. Ah! So they sewed suits, they, they got fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. And he was walking through the garden in a cool day and hid themselves from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called, man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. And so God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you put here with me, She gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate it. And the Lord said to the woman, what have you done? And that's the question I wanna just continue to ask. What have we done? Why are we stuck in this moment right now? We are, and I look at the crowd, we're people that we've heard too many sermons for our own good and a lot of our parts in our lives we're still stuck in the same places so the problem is not information you've been down you've been you've been you've been shoved information in your face for a long 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 time what have you done what are you doing I mean, there's so many things and people prepare every time. If you've ever talked to anybody who teaches or preaches, we dedicate time for this. And this is the thing where information is always given to us. But it's so important for us to understand that God expects us to change. See, the obedience is my job. The outcome is his job. And if Christianity was a job, I think some of us will be fired from it. Have you ever seen somebody in a job that should be fired? Like people that are so rude in fast food places, they're like, man, you shouldn't be working here. You hate people. You hate customers. Maybe you shouldn't be working behind that teller cause you're just rude. All I asked was for my fries and you're like, why can't you see we're long?" I'm like, I'm just asking for my fries, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to places and they snap and you're like, maybe you shouldn't work there sometimes we if we will look at christianity as a job which is not i'm saying if if some of us will be fired because as children of god our job is to believe in god and he will take care of the outcome not trying to fix the outcome and trying to fix my life See, trusting God is allowing him in his sovereignty, and his power. He can say, yep, I'm going to do it. Or nope, guess what? I have something better for you. You just don't understand it right now. Wait for it. But our job as Christians is to believe in God that he can. See, I made a decision long, long, long time ago that my only job would be is trust in him. I'm going to trust and he will make a way in my life. I will trust and he's going to do. I'm going to trust, I'm going to obey and he's going to work everything out. As Matthew says it this way, first, seek the kingdom of God, and then everything else shall be added unto you. First, have God, everything else, let him deal with it. And I know it's hard because it's your life. You're like, hey, dude, this is my life. Who's going to feed me? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And the Bible says, trust, because he even feeds the birds. When do you see a bird go, tweet, 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 ordering Uber Eats? No. The birds are going to eat. They're going to eat. God's going to supply. He's going to feed them. He says he grows. He just, he provides everyone's needs. He'll take care of you. Believe me, he will. He'll be there. He, he won't come late. And so today it just it just I wanna be able to focus so that eventually one day you're able to make a stand in your life and just say, you know what, I'm gonna trust God no matter what. I'm gonna trust God no matter what. I don't care what people's opinions about me i don't care what my situation looks like i don't care if things change i don't care if things don't go my way i choose in the goodness i choose to believe in the goodness of god i choose to believe that if god saved me and that i belong to him i'm in his hands he'll take care of me for some of you guys to understand that 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 for you, and and, and you're, you're just waiting for God to guarantee you something so you can believe. Some of you guys are like, okay, I'll believe if, if I can see. I believe you. Show me. I believe you. Give me just a little bit of direct. Just, just, just tell me that, that, that you're going to do this. And if I see it, man, I'm all in. But sometimes we're standing right in the miracle. And we're not seeing God move. We need to get out the way and allow that miracle to happen. Just believe and trust. Trust God's doing something. Trust God's not done. Trust that He's still in control of things. And obviously, you see a lot of people in the Bible, like Abraham, he couldn't wait. Things he saw, it was about seeing for Abraham. It's like, You told me. You told me the promise. You even showed me the stars. I even touched the sand. And you told me my my descendants were gonna be this big. I don't see it. I'm growing old. And I don't even, mm, don't have a kid. I'm growing old. These are not happening. I don't see anything. And he starts doing other things his way. And you guys know the stories. You guys remember, he goes out there, and has another baby with the servant, and then and then everything's okay until what? It's not God's plan. It's not his purpose for you. Abraham, hold on, hold on. If you don't, if you don't have that habit of trusting God, you're gonna hear something from Him. But don't just hear one time. Just you have to constantly be going back with Him. It's not just it's not just hearing one thing and running. Some of us do that. God says, "I want you to do this." Boom! You just you you, you left God talking back. Then you're already running outside the door. Hold on. Believe. Trust. Wait! Listen to what he's telling you. Because then you can make a mistake that would totally disqualify you from anything God would ever do with you. You have to come back talking, trusting in him. See sometimes, and again, I, I, you see Abraham, you see how, how he hears from God, I want you to go sacrifice your son it was from God. But if he would have never came back to God, back and forth God what are you doing God what are you doing God is this one, is this what you want for me God God will provide Isaac saying hey dad where's the sacrifice now Isaac he's old enough to speak man so so Isaac's not no baby he's not, he's not he's not carrying him in diapers he's walking with them where's the sacrifice he'll provide God you'll provide right because you told me to sacrifice him I know I need to kill my son I know you're telling me to sacrifice him. Come on, let's go. Can you imagine how hard that would be? You're thinking, why would God do that? But if he's not constantly, God will provide, God will provide, you'll provide, right? You'll provide, right? Then he would have killed his son. Because in the action of doing and obeying, he would have done something out of God's plan. You guys are still with me yeah, a little bit? So whenever he's talking back to God, then he sees a lamb, the angel stops his hand, he doesn't kill his son, he did provide, and boom, you see a miracle happen. Abraham's like, God, yes, you are always going to be there. What happens is we hear from God, we ignore God, but we already heard from God, it's from God and we, are, we, we stop that relationship with him and then we make a mistake because we didn't go back to God for what's next and then we blame God. You told me. You told me to do this and it went wrong. He's like, yeah, because you didn't finish listening to my instructions. He just ran. See, with God, is not a one-time thing. It's not just going to His presence, to the Shekinah glory, receiving word from Him, and then going on and forgetting about Him. It's a, a daily bread, daily scripture reading, daily submitting to the Word of God. If you're not listening to this daily, don't act on nothing. So many mistakes you will do in life. So many people you were hurt in the name of God. God told me to do this, and you hurt people, because you didn't listen to the whole vision of God. Abraham missed it. The lies that you can't trust God because not in His timing. Then we look in Matthew. 4 We look at Matthew 4 how the enemy tempts Jesus. Now it's amazing how the more you read scripture the more you look at the patterns and how the enemy aligns the temptation of Jesus. Okay? Have you guys read this one before? Or is it going to be new for someone? New for someone raise your hand. No judging. I just that way I can explain it better. Everyone okay cool so one of the things okay God tempts is tempted Jesus is tempted so if you ever think Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through yes he does yes he does he was tempted and you know when you're tempted when you're vulnerable ooh i got you there if you see man I'm being tempted cuz you're vulnerable because people that are strong don't see it as a temptation. She's like, "Man, I got, I got this man Just stomp the devil man right there. Man. Get get away from me." Right? But if you're vulnerable, you feel tempted. You feel you feel that struggle. When was Jesus tempted? Here in Matthew, it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, wilderness by himself, wilderness out in the desert, wilderness, no one's around, wilderness, no one's going to help you, no one's going to come to your rescue, there's no signal, Google ain't there to give you the answer, ain't no Google Maps, it ain't going to work, you're lost, you're in the middle of the desert, all by yourself, there's no water, wilderness, when are you tempted when you're out there in the world detached from the things of God that's when you're tempted people tell me oh man i was tempted well what are you doing during the week where were you at who were you with what were you doing you were tempted that's a whole different sermon let me keep on going it says jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days 40 days without eating that's called fasting that's called torture man 40, 40, 40 minutes without eating i'm like okay we're we gonna eat i think that's like the second thing i ask my wife all the time huh babe what's for dinner what's for lunch what are you cooking what, what we have? You want me to stop? <laughs> you, want me, you want me to stop at the store? <laughs> like I'm mean, initiating like like conversations. Like what are we gonna eat? <laughs> you gonna feed me, right, babe? She's like, no, we've gotta go to the store. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna eat. But then you know what she does? She's she's really nice. My wife always buys me when I have when I don't have to, when I let me rephrase that when I go with her, she always buys me something to eat while she's shopping for food. I love my wife she does she buys me something on the way and she treats me like you know we have this little thing in the house like baby like i don't care i'm eating (laughs) right i mean hey she my she knows my love language is food (laughs) i'm adding one in there i mean it just she knows how to speak to me jesus went 40 days and 40 nights without eating have you ever skipped lunch and your stomach is like growling and people are like, do we have animals? Like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think there's like a like a raccoon out there. You're like, there's your stomach, you're like, that ground like, like right. I mean they're just going. Have you ever skipped lunch? And and, and or are you forgotten your lunch? I forgot my lunch sometimes from work and then you know now it cooks and, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm hungry, I'm I'm just gonna skip it. I'm gonna I try to be okay and eat something like 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 you know, something from the vending machines It sucks. And I'm super hungry, and then we get hangry, right? We're all moody. No, man, I get moody all the time. So not 98% of it is because of food, right? I'm always hungry. So just imagine, and then when you're hungry, when you go without eating, what happens when they give you something? You just eat it. I don't ask, hey, babe, who, who cooked this? What you get this? Man, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, man, my face is into that plate. I don't care, I'm not sharing. If you, if you ever put your hand in there, I will bite you. I will bite you. And I'm hungry, and, and you reach in for my food, I will bite you. You will probably lose a finger, okay? Food is something that is part of life. And when you're lacking that, you're vulnerable. You're weak. You're not focusing, you're not thinking. When you're hungry, you're looking through the the menu, you feel like eating everything in the menu. You know you can't eat anything in the menu. If you do, we can pray for you afterwards, but you shouldn't be able to eat everything in the menu, but in your eyes, and then because you're so hungry, you're evaluating, I'm eating everything. I can choose everything. Why? Because there's a need, there's a lack. I'm going somewhere with this. Even though there was a lack and there was a need in Jesus, it didn't give him an excuse to sin. I hate it when people, Christians tell me, well, I was just too weak. So was Jesus. So was Jesus. Didn't give him an excuse because he was righteous and he was without sin Because when you lack of something and they give you a little bit of it You consume it without noticing and thinking jesus was still in mind and in set because the way he responds to the enemy is You know, you're hungry You know, you're hungry. So what? Turn these stones into bread. Once you throw yourself, he continues to tempt him. And the only thing that Jesus does is recite scripture back. The only way you can resist temptation is if you know God's word. It's not by trying to hold on. Is not by texting someone, pray for me. All that is good. But the way you're going to resist temptation, modeling Jesus, is scripture. How much time do you spend in this? Well, it's boring. Don't get me read. I'm just saying. What we see in scripture is that the only way that Jesus was able to resist is you reading this. You knowing this. And if you don't know it. You're going to fall a lot of the times. And Jesus constantly said it is written. It is written. It is written. to not put the Lord of your God on test. It is written. It is written. And then it says the devil left him. And the angels came to attend him. That means he was tired. Weak. God sent someone to attend Jesus. When you have that time with the enemy and fight the enemy. God will come to your rescue and comfort you. He doesn't leave you by yourself. Here in Matthew gives us a truth. You see it before you see it. You see it before you see it. To the person next to you, see it before you see it. Or the, in back of you, see it before you see it. What do I mean with see it before you see it? See, don't limit God because you don't see him around you. Don't limit God Because you don't see God moving Don't throw away the promises That you know God told you Spoke to you Promised you Because you're not seeing things happen right at this moment You don't believe me? Ask the children of God, ask the Israelites. They were promised this land of milk and honey. They were promised their own land while they were in slavery, while they were oppressed, while they were in bondage. They were promised freedom. They were promised they will become a nation like no other nation. See, ask the Israelites how easy it is to forget when they don't see. See it before you see it. See what God is going to do in your life before it comes true. If God has ever spoken to you in the depths of your heart, if you have ever cried out in behalf of God like God, please move, please confirm, please show me, please reveal your glory, and He has. But it hasn't came true yet. See it before you see it. Because it was easy for the Israelites to start murmuring, panicking. What are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? Moses, Moses, Moses. What, what, did you bring us out here to die? We should have stood back in slavery. At least we had me. Now, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Don't judge the Israelites. I like my steak. I'm just saying, I like a good steak. So they probably, probably had good steak in Egypt. But they were in slavery. So what they were saying is, I don't care if we were beaten. I don't care if we were oppressed. I don't care if there were people over us with lashes. I don't care if we had fear that maybe we would die and, 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 and all being overworked. I don't care, at least we had food. You just hear what they're saying is nonsense because they were crying back at Egypt God deliver us, God deliver us for 400 years. A whole generation died in slavery, praying, 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 and finally, this generation gets the freedom. they see god do 10 plagues they see him split the red sea and they're walking on dry land and then they start murmuring because they're hungry and they're in the desert and they started worshiping calves golden calves and they forget about Jesus and God and what he's done. And an 11-day journey, they made it into a great site. Because 40 years in the desert, a whole generation died in that desert. Everyone who came out of Egypt, except for Joshua and Caleb, entered the promised land. Everyone else died because of their religiousness. Because of their sin, they did not want to change. They wanted to to stay the same way, like in Egypt, just in their own way. You can't have it both, church. Either you trust God, or you trust your own understanding. That's it, you believe the enemy, or you trust God. People don't want to wait nowadays. People are just eager to date, just to date. I don't want to feel lonely. Spend time with God. The only reason why you want to date is because you're lonely. God is not enough. God's not there for you. People want to get married just because they want to have sex. That's it. You don't want to build a legacy. You don't want to build a home, children that love Jesus, they're going to stand in the gap of sin. You don't want to raise up a family that's going to fight for what's right. You don't want to build a legacy that's going to build into the kingdom of God. you just thinking about how lonely you are. You're that selfish. Wow, where have we gone? how far have we drifted that when you ask God you're asking God for you your me is me God how I feel uh, 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 me 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 church no one's thinking give me though give me someone so we can both impact your kingdom because two strings are stronger than one. Help us so we can become a rogue, so we can pull people out of hell. So that when I feel weak, she's praying for me. When I'm weak, he's fasting for me. We just think about how lonely I feel. Then buy a puppy. miss the point of God in our lives because we don't trust him we walk in church not trusting God would ever do something and we're fake as we sit and sing and pretend I think we're gonna pray and we're gonna sing You guys can stand up. I think I've gotten to a place where hardly a lot of people ever go. I started to believe God for the impossible. And there's things in my mind, and there's things I was sharing with someone over the week. There's things in my mind that I will never share with nobody of what God speaks to me because they're not in that level. People are not in that place. People are not in that realm. So, what God speaks to me is for me only. The dream God gives me is for me only. Because if I ever share with people, they'll tell me I'm crazy. If they they've they never shared, if I ever share with people, they would think I'm nuts. Put it on the right timing, people are going to tell me, man, that was faith. That's awesome, Jerry. It's all in God's timing. I remember being 20 years old starting a church thinking, man, I'm going to build a church where people are loved and people are accepted and people are welcome and people can come in trash and just broken and be restored, because that should be the church. You know how many times people close their doors? You know how many people murder and laugh and said, "Hi, huh? that will never happen." Man, I remember one time being in a youth group and our youth group started growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And then we said, man, we're going to do a, we just want me to want to get baptized. And they came up and then another one came up and then another one came up. We had over 50 baptisms in one Sunday. Just youth. People were radical for the things of God. Nobody cared. And if I ever would we have shared that with people, they're like, oh, that's dumb. Oh, oh they're just kids. Oh, they're not going to know. They're still in ministry. Now they've got their families and they're in ministry. They're serving God. God is still pouring dreams. He's still speaking to me. I know he will to you as well. Trust in God Because let me tell you something If you don't trust in God If you in your heart you say man I can't trust God then I'm going to tell you something You can't trust no one No one No one in this world is going To be able To be faithful Without hurting you like God So if at this moment you're like Man God's fake God's not real Then you know what you have no hope There's no hope for you You're going to be the loneliest person in in this planet. Because everyone humanly will disappoint you in one point, time or another. God will never disappoint. He will always be faithful. He will always multiply blessings. What He promised will come too. He promised to come again and to destroy this world with fire. And those that do not repent and those that have not confessed that Jesus is their Christ and Jesus is their Lord and their Savior will perish and will go to the lake of fire. There is a hell. There is a hell. And if you don't believe Jesus, that's where we're going to go and so as we sing we're going to sing this song and we're going to pray for you we want to pray and we'll do the same thing we do every day every Sunday give an opportunity for you to have that time with God and we'll do that pray we'll pray for you and then we'll have communion recognizing remembering the things He's have done for us so let's sing and we'll pray pray that you can just be with us as we As we go home into our jobs, into our schools, into our communities, into our workplaces, I pray that your spirit can lead us. Help us to shine the truth. There's so many people that are looking for the truth. There's so many people seeking and wanting to hear the truth. So God, allow us to have that truth in our hearts. The word that has been given to us. And allow us to share that truth mixed with love and compassion so that the world can hear who you are into the way for the Father. So God, please allow us to be a witness and an instrument this week wherever we go to we pray. Amen.